The following program is sponsored by the National Prayer Chapel. Welcome to Pilgrim's Progress. I've come this far by faith. I'm not turning back now. When everything seems to be utterly impossible, I'm going to simply go to Jesus and I'm going to trust him. And I know he will open the way before me. We've been sharing together out of the book of Hebrews the rhema word of God. And some of you have contacted me and asked questions about this rhema word of God. And I want to share a story with you today out of a book entitled Reese Howell's Intercessor. This is a book I've gone back to time after time after time. Other than the scripture, it has had the most profound influence in shaping my walk with Jesus. I'm going to come back to it today. Reese Howells was born 
as a Welsh. His father was a coal miner. He was born in 1879. As the revival began to break out, the Welsh revival, he had become an honest Christian. He had gone to America to make money because he heard you could make more money there than in the mine, in the mine at, at the Welsh coal mine, tin mine. And he found Jesus while he was there. Well, he was a nominal Christian when he went to America, but he went there at his own, at his own heart's desire for money, for prosperity. He came home filled with the glory of God. And this book tells his story, unveiling the way God works in the lives of men and women. Now, as we begin, let's pray. Lord Jesus, I know that all things are in your hands. I know that nothing is going to take place in the realm of the Spirit if you do not order the Spirit of God to do it. I know that the hearts of men and women to be turned toward heaven, to be brought into conviction, to be changed... I know that's a work only your Holy Spirit can do. Now, Lord, I ask that you would bless this broadcast. I ask that you would strengthen each person who listens and bring deep conviction of heart. Lord, thank you. I pray in your holy name. Amen. Reese House has now been involved in work, gospel work. After his hard day in the mine, on the face of the mine, the hardest place, he comes home, he gets cleaned up, and then he walks to the village where they hold gospel meetings, revival meetings. One night when Reese House and his friends were returning from the village, they passed a group of women who had never come to the meetings. They could tell by their voices that they'd been drinking. One of the party, that is in Reese House's small group, one of the party exclaimed, Where's the power? to change these people. It was a challenge. And Reese Howells took it. There and then the Spirit of God gave it to him that he was to pick out the ringleader of these women, who was a notorious character and a confirmed alcoholic, and pray her into the kingdom by Christmas Day. Now, this was something new. He'd seen many alcoholics converted, but the Lord had worked through his personal contacts with them 
In this case, however, he had no connection with the woman, and the Lord told him that he was to use no personal influence but to reach her by way of the throne. It would be a real test of strength. Could the Holy Spirit, through him, use the power of the atonement to break the devil's dominion in her life and fulfill the Savior's word in Matthew 12.29 about binding the strong man and stealing his goods. He saw that if he could get this one visible proof of the devil's defeat, the Holy Spirit could apply the victory through him on a large scale. To do this, the Spirit gave him John 15, verse 7. If you remain in me, and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be given to you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Now, you understand, this is coming in the context of the vine and the branches. Where no branch can bear fruit by itself, it must remain in the vine. And neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me, he said. He said, I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So now the test is established. Is it possible for God to use the atoning blood of Jesus to win the victory with this woman with no other contact. And so he had a rhema word from God. And the rhema word was John fifteen seven. Now, faith rises out of a rhema word. If there is no rhema word, then human flesh can hope and wish all it desires, but it will not accomplish the purpose for which your faith has a desire. I have faith that when I go out to my car and turn the ignition on, it will start. That's not God's faith. That's the faith of my experience. It is not a rhema word from God that my car will start because sometimes I've gone out to my car and it has not started because it needed a new battery or a new alternator. God's faith does not fail. God's rhema word, that breathed word of God, and we need to again define rhema, it is that breathed word of God to our hearts, sending us on an assignment 
that will take courage and valor and sacrifice. It is an assignment to put right something that is out of line with the will of Jesus. And so the rhema word comes. It is faith from God that rises in our heart. It is not human flesh hope. It is not human experience faith. Faith has no power of its own. Faith must come from God out of the rhema word that he speaks to our hearts. So now he has challenged Reese to win this woman's heart to the gospel without contacting her, simply by prayer. And he has been given the passage, John fifteen seven. If ye abide in me and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what you will, and it shall be done for you. It would all depend on his abiding. This abiding was to take such a central place in his future life of intercession. It is vital to see what the Holy Spirit wanted to teach Reese Howells about abiding. This key text, John fifteen seven, makes it plain that the promise is unlimited, but its fulfillment depends on the rhema word of God, and secondly, it depends on that person's abiding remaining in Jesus. This is why in all cases of intercession, Reese Howells constantly spoke of guarding his place of of abiding. The scriptural key to abiding is in 1 John 2.6. He that saith he abideth in him ought himself also to walk even as he walked. In other words, it meant being willing for the Holy Spirit to live in and through him the life of the Savior, the life the Savior would have lived if he had been in Reese's place. The way Reese Howells maintained this abiding was by sent by spending a set time of waiting upon God every day during the period in which the intercession lasted. The Holy Spirit would then speak to him through the word, revealing any standard that he was to come up to, particularly in the laws of the kingdom, or the Sermon on the Mount. Any command the Spirit gave him he must fulfill because the way of abiding, hear this, the way of abiding is the keeping of his commandments. 
John 15.10. We are not under the law today. We are under the Holy Spirit. Jesus did not come to do away with the law. He came to fulfill the law. The law must also be fulfilled in our lives. It is done by the power of the atoning blood of Jesus and by the indwelling power of the Holy Spirit. Now he continues, the Spirit would also search his heart and throw light on his daily life, revealing any motives or actions that needed confession and cleansing in the blood of Jesus. But the Spirit's dealings were not so much with outward shortcomings as with the self-nature out of which they sprang. Any transgression was never to be repeated, but specific obedience on that point would be called for until radical inward change was effected. He was purified in obeying the truth through the Spirit. Look at 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 22. He could never come into God's presence unless he had obeyed all that had been given him on the previous day. The necessity for abiding is seen in that same chapter of John 15. The life is in the vine. As the branch remains united to it by abiding in it, that life of the vine produces the fruit through the branch. In other words, the power is in Jesus Christ. As the intercessor remains united to him by abiding in him, his power operates through the intercessor and accomplishes what needs to be done. Now I hope as you listen, you are understanding that every one of you has been called to be an intercessor before Almighty God. The way we accomplish the work of the Spirit is through intercession. My coming to do this broadcast today flows out of the life of intercession. And for that reason, the Lord has asked me to take all of next week off air. And so I'm going to be doing encore presentations. Because the Lord has said to me, come apart and pray. And so I'm going to come apart and I'm going to read the scriptures 
and I'm going to pray. I know that there are things that must change. I know we must go to a to an FM side. I know we must go to a national broadcast of Pilgrim's Progress. I have no way to make that happen except by way of the Holy Spirit. I have no way to pay for this broadcast this month except by way of the prayer closet as I plead with Jesus to move in your heart to give what he's calling you to give. And so I must abide, and I do that daily in set times of prayer, one hour at a time. But next week, he's calling me apart to spend a great deal of hours in the prayer closet because he is preparing to accomplish something. And he needs me to abide with him. Now, if you are a casual Christian, what I'm sharing with you will seem like nonsense. If you are half converted, you have seared your conscience to such an extent that in no doubt the Holy Spirit does not even continue to speak to you. It's necessary that we would enter in before the Holy Spirit, before Jesus, in the prayer closet, and begin to deal with our hearts in an honest fashion, turning from all disobedience and all known sin and begin to live in John 15 as we abide, as we remain in Jesus. Some of you wish to remain in your entertainment. Some of you wish to remain in your professional sports or your television or your internet. You wish to remain in your friendships with people And to this point, you have been unwilling to stop following your own lust and your own desire and simply wait on Jesus. And that is exactly what he's calling for. He's calling for you to come apart and hear a rhema word regarding first your salvation and then the salvation of others. Now he continues, there are degrees and stages in abiding. The deeper the oneness, the more the power of the risen life of Christ can operate through the channel and new positions of spiritual authority be gained. Reese Howell's abiding was always according to the light given up to that time. I come on this broadcast day by day to give you that light. I don't come to simply entertain you. 
I come to speak about the ways of God and to give to you the inner depth of his heart in the scriptures that you might begin to abide at a much deeper level with him so that more of the power of Jesus can flow through your life. I don't invite you to come to the National Prayer Chapel simply because I want to see a church body grow. I do want to see a church body grow, but that's not my primary objective. I invite you to come to the National Prayer Chapel because I know that in the atmosphere of that small company of people, you will quickly and rapidly grow in your abiding in Jesus. Now, if that is not your desire, then you should not come. And so there are degrees and there are stages in abiding. The deeper the oneness, the more power of the risen life of Christ can operate through the channel, and new positions of spiritual authority be gained. Some of you have been praying for a long time for a son or a daughter, and it seems that nothing has happened. Some of you have been praying about your job, and it seems that nothing has happened. If you want more power to move aside that dirt and that boulder that stands in your way, then you are going to have to enter into a much deeper, more disciplined abiding in Christ Jesus. So Reese Howell's abiding was always according to the light he had been given up to that point, to the revelation of Scripture. And in that sense, abiding in a particular period could be called perfect. And the victory claimed, although there would still be further ways in which he was to become more like the Savior. Because you see, he's not walking in any known rebellion. He is submitting to everything that the Holy Spirit brings to him. And during the first week of the abiding, the Lord spoke to him nightly on many things. He began to deal with his nature. He began to show Reese things he'd never dreamed were there, getting deep into his motives. It was a daily dying. Over and over again, I thought, is it possible to retreat? I have been engaged in a very deep intercession. And in the last days, it seemed that heaven's doors were closed. And then suddenly I was given a great deal more information about this situation and this person. And my immediate response was, Lord, can I just walk away? Can I walk away? For the price 
is too high. But what I have learned is that with obedience comes cleansing. In other words, the trying of my heart is so painful, the testing of my motives so exacting, that it causes me to want to retreat. But with obedience always comes cleansing. Until by the second week, Reese said, I had become more used to my position and could see the Holy Spirit binding the devil I soon realized I was not fighting against flesh and blood, but against wicked spirits in heavenly places. The weeks that followed, as he gave prompt obedience to the Holy Spirit and all things, were times of wonderful fellowship, until by the end of the sixth week the Spirit told him the abiding was complete, and the victory was assured. I was abiding now without being called to abide, walking in the position, and the Lord told me that I could now expect to see this woman make a move. That very night, with a thrill in his soul, Reese saw this woman in an open-air meeting for the first time. And he told the devil, Now I know that the Holy Spirit is stronger than you. You have been brought to naught on Calvary. He took no steps to influence the woman in any way. But soon she began to come to the cottage meetings. A great number of people became onlookers as they had heard of the prayer. It was now a case of praising before victory. And in the remaining weeks before Christmas, the Holy Spirit did not allow him to pray for her. It was a conflict with not praying, he said, as the adversary pressed on us the need of prayer but it would have been a prayer of doubt. During that time, there was no outward sign of repentance in the woman. Christmas morning came, and the word he had was, go up and possess it. I had a change of experiencing what men like Moses went through in telling a thing beforehand, he said. Not a single doubt came to my mind that day, and how strong I was. I was praising the Lord all day long. I would not look at my Christmas cards or at my presents, for this was my Christmas gift. When the time for the meeting came, the woman was there. 
A lot of people had brought their children. There was a lot of noise, and in no sense the kind of atmosphere which would influence a person to repent. But in the middle of the meeting, down she went on her knees and cried to God for mercy. It was a victory beyond value. And she is standing today as a faithful follower of Jesus. Now, within a short time, Reese Howells was able to prove again that a great secret had been learned. A manager of a works in the neighborhood, although boasting that he had never been on his knees in prayer, had been touched by what had been done for the tramps, the homeless men, and he gave them jobs in his factory. He used to say to any of them that came to him, You're living on the backs of those young men, aren't you? You start here tomorrow. The manager's wife had been blessed, so it came to the band of young workers to pray him through to salvation. As they waited on God, the question arose, how could they get at him? Finally, they were definitely led to pray that he would invite them to his home. And he did the following Sunday. Although, to avoid frightening him, they didn't say anything about their prayer. They just sang hymns and had a wonderful time together. They were invited again for tea, and this time he was more at ease. He then asked them to come the following Thursday to hold a meeting. <clears throat> Pardon me. As soon as we left his house that night, said Reese, the Holy Spirit told me to apply the gained position of intercession. We joined together in a ring and prayed, Now, Lord, the devil has been bound. Don't allow this man to escape. Don't give him a second chance. The Lord then told us to abide until next Thursday, and we would get the victory. When the Thursday evening came, four of them were walking up to the village. As they passed a group of houses, the Spirit said to Mr. Howells, without previous warning, Go to that house and knock at that door. How could he do such a thing? He didn't even know anyone in that row of houses. How could he knock at a stranger's door without any known reason or even a tract to give him? He had nothing. The guidance seemed so strange that he could not bring himself to act upon it. So he walked past the house and went on a few hundred yards when the Lord's hand came on him, and he told him emphatically that he was not to go to the meeting unless he went via that house. He knew there was no escaping now, so he turned back and took one of his friends with him. When they knocked at the door, 
a little girl opened it and without any question invited them in. There they found a woman lying in bed in the last stages of tuberculosis. When Reese told her who they were, she raised both of her hands and exclaimed, God has answered my prayer. I have been asking him all this day to send you here. The night before, her friends had thought she was dying and had sent for the minister. He brought the sacrament, but she refused to take it because she hadn't any peace. Someone had told her of their work in the mission, and it came to her mind that the ones who had brought such blessings there could surely help her find peace. The woman had been a church member for years, but had no assurance of salvation. And as she was sinking, the fear of death had taken a hold of her. They were able to point her to Calvary, and she accepted Jesus Christ that night. And as she received assurance, and as she became free, it was joy, fathomless joy. Every Thursday evening after that, they had a meeting in her house. She never ceased to thank them until she passed peacefully away into the presence of the king. Now, Reese and the others were late in getting to the meeting in the home of the works manager that night, but the Lord did more in a few minutes through their obedience than might have been done in hours without it. While they were telling what had happened to the dying woman, the manager went down on his knees as if he had been shot, pulling his chair on top of his head, pleading with God to have mercy on him. It was an open heaven, said Reese Howells. And we joined the angels in their joy over a sinner that had repented. I'm sharing with you from a book, Reese Howells' Intercessor by Norman Grubb, chapter 10. I'm sorry, chapter 9. I've just shared with you, Binding the Strong Man. Is the strong man bound in your life? Or are you still operating according to the world, the flesh, and the devil? I'm here to pray for you. Or to hear your testimony. The telephone lines are open. Brother Kevin is waiting for your call. I'm happy to talk with you today and to pray with you. We have a few minutes left. Call 877-534-0780. That's the telephone line directly into the studio at WAVA. And our brother Kevin will answer, and he'll put you through to me in my home studio out in Manassas. 
0780. What is your response to what I've shared? Is this new information for you? Are you involved in an intercession? Are you in a place of abiding? Is the strong man still in control of your life? I'd love to pray with you. I want to thank those of you who have been sending tithes and offerings to pay for this month's radio broadcast. I'm going to be off all next week. It's going to be a time of deep abiding and prayer, fasting before the Lord. If you'd like to help us cover the cost of this month's broadcast, would you write to the National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. That's the National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. I believe that the work of God is to be supported and sponsored by Jesus as he moves in his people that they will give as he calls them to give. I don't sell things. I don't tell you if you'll send a gift of this amount, I'll send this book to you. I don't want to walk in those kind of worldly ways. But if your heart is stirred by this broadcast and you'd like to contribute your tithe or offering, please write to me. I'd love next week to be able to take those letters and those gifts before the Lord as I pray. Now, also, while I wait for a call today, none have come so far. I'd like to invite you to come and worship with me and with the small company. If you're eager to experience revival in your life and a turning from darkness, if you're tired of the strong man devouring you, then come to the National Prayer Chapel and you will find Jesus there. Our address is All Saints Anglican Church. And they're located at 14851 Gideon Drive, Woodbridge, Virginia. That's the All Saints Anglican Church. We rent from them every Sunday at 12 noon. All Saints Anglican Church at 14851 Gideon Drive, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22192. Our phone lines are still open. I've not heard from any of you. What would you like to say to me today? What is Jesus saying to you? What's the rhema word that he's spoken to your heart? 877-534-0780. Now, Reese Howells, addresses this question. 
chapter 9, of binding the strong man. He talks about this in Matthew, the 12th chapter. Let me just turn to that quickly. I want to read it for you. Matthew, the 12th chapter. Let me read this for you. But if I drive out demons by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God has come to you. How can anyone enter a strong man's house and carry off his possessions unless he first ties up the strong man then he can rob his house. Does the strong man control your house today? Are you caught in your sin? Or are you bound in ungodly, unholy relationships? Are you willing to begin to pray and ask the Lord God of heaven if he will come and break the bondage of the strong man in your life? Thank you for listening to Pilgrim's Progress. I pray it's been helpful to you on your journey. This is Pastor Ray Greenley from the National Prayer Chapel. God bless you. I'll talk to you soon. Now unto him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy. Savior, through Jesus Christ, our